Hello and welcome to the EPR Bunker. You just missed me doing an absolutely abysmal first take of this. <laughs> so technically it has been edited. This is actually the good version. So with me this week, we have two people. Hopefully one day we'll see a home win. Firstly, Neil, how are you? Uh, I'm still in shock that you think we'll see a home win, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. We've also got Jacob with us. I don't think I'm as much of a believer as either of you because I don't think I'm going to see you at the home win before I go to university, which is not long to go, folks. You don't have to tolerate me on the podcast for much longer, but unfortunately I am on this week. So I think we can also uh, already gauge Jacob's prediction for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not Spoilers. good for a win. So um, my name is uh, Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. I'm the... I don't know why I'm Poncho. Ringleader. You're ringleader. Ring oh, that's a li- that sounds a little bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> the leader of a ring. <laughs> that's definitely a bit weird, Jacob. <laughs> that's got connotations that we why, don't want to go Why don't to. we bring this back, like, away from the illegal and bring it back to football and say that you are the manager and we're your coaching staff? I'm uh, Sal Bibbo. <laughs> uh, <Sal> wow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I've, got I'm, ha- I've got big hands. So I've got Sal Bibbo. Yeah. And the songs of me on Nigel Yeah, No, Jacob, no, no. No, we do not want to know about your big hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so uh, soon. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's basically gone to shit already. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Five minutes in, not even. Yeah. So, um, first of all, let's talk about the Villa match, when we actually had at least 30 seconds of enjoyment, which... <laughs> In a season so far, that's pretty good going. That's novel, really, isn't it? It Some some enjoyment. Yeah. Um, I think what you can say from that game and that game alone is that we've managed to grind out a result. Obviously not three, as it should have been for the Blackburn game, but you would have taken a point over all day long. Um, And even if we got it through a suspicious penalty, um, it, it... the penalty was taken well. Balled up, scored a goal. His first for us. Yeah. Um, you'll take that. You'll take it. In. And it's one of those games where if you don't don't play well, but you still manage to come away from home with something, then that, that is a good point. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, we would have taken that before both the away games, we in the Blackburn one as well, but the Villa one. I think they're probably going to do well this season. I know they're in a little bit of a dodgy run, but we were lucky that Grealish went off quite early. What everyone thinks of him, he's pretty good for the championship. Mm. But to hang on and get into that last moment of the match and actually have take the penalty and score because our abysmal record we've got with penalties over the last few years. We had the period of two seasons ago with all the rebounds, oh, but yeah. yeah, it's great for Bulldog as well because just before that he had um, was it a miss or was it a save? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, the universe is a great leveler, really, because were it not for um, Bulldog scoring that penalty he would have been absolutely crucified after the game but um, it, on that miss slash save all the Villa fans were painting it as a great save so mm. I'm going to take a, a leaf out of their book and say um, yeah it was a great save um, somebody who follows who, who I follow who's a Villa fan said it was the best save they've ever seen a Villa keeper ever make it did look an incredible like, save yeah. it did yeah. yes um, but also on that sort of balancing equilibrium point, as a result, Villa really kind of made up for the Blackburn result because mm. the the positive spin that a point at Villa put on our results over the course of the week meant that we had two points away from home as opposed to an, a 
throwing the game away against Blackburn and us coming away empty-handed from Villa. We, you know, we we drew when we maybe should have won against Blackburn and we drew when we maybe should have lost against Villa. So on the whole, I'm relatively happy, dare I say it. Um, but yeah, it was a really important goal on the, on a personal level for Bulldog, but also for the team as a whole because it it was something and you'll take what you can get when we need to grind out points this season. Yeah, I mean, there's numerous players who afterwards saying, I mean, even Sam Bulldock himself, I think, said after the game that our character is being doubted and uh, I think that's definitely a fair point from all the fans to tell the character of the players in the last, not just under Clement, but under Stam. So to score a goal in the last minute of a match after you've just missed a summer call sitter, whatever it was, Show some kind of courage, and it's also your first goal for the club. So I think that's a real positive thing. Um, I know we're going to come on to the Watford match, but I think we should focus on the fact that we've actually had two games without a loss in the league, which is crazy to mm. think this is a run. But that's the first time we've done that since March. <laughs> so, so that is, you know, it's all very, very small uh, Acorns, but yeah. it just gives them something to, to rely on and recall later on in the season and when they say well, we've got you know, lesser games than, than Villa to play away from home, obviously. But they can recall on those times and say you, you can score in the last minute, there's still time and as long as we, you know, we're keeping the game tight. Which certainly this season it looks like we're, we're going to have to keep games very tight because our goal scoring doesn't look as if it's yeah. um, going to be prolific. Um, but yeah, it's something to hold on to in those times when you know we really think we need to get a point out of a game away from home, and those moments are always going to help. Yeah, and when you look at the actually the substitutes that came on, and we haven't seen this in a lot of games, but in this game, Mate and Sims both came on and have an important role in the goal. So that was a really big thing. So I remember in the derby match there in the first game of the season, the substitutes came on and did virtually nothing really. So I think it's key that we have these substitutes that come on. So obviously now we've got Barrow back, he'll probably be starting again on Saturday. So if you can bring on Sims, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, when you saw the, the penalty, Sims almost had no chance of getting to that ball because yeah, it was actually a poor pass from McNulty. Yeah, though. it was an unbelievable burst of speed he had to go around. I can't remember who the Villa defender was. I think it was Chester. Was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was their captain. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. And oh, I saw an amazing, an amazing James Chester stat the other day for all you stat bods out there. And I don't mean Bud Varson. Um, but if you're listening, John, Daddy, um, then this is for you too. Um, James Chester, since he signed for Villa, has played every minute of every game for them. Okay. And when you've got a squad the size of Villa's, where they're ba- you know buying players for fun and chopping and changing and throwing cash around that's quite amazing really I don't yeah. think Reading have got a player like that from the minute they signed to play every minute of every game but not even, no. even gunter has got that no yeah, he as probably, impressive as his record he would have been nearest wouldn't he oh, yeah, yeah, for totally, sure. yeah. Yeah. but yeah so Sims came off the bench went around Chester and um, I don't think we've got another player that explosive really um, I know Mato's strong and quick and he showed a glimpse of that last night against Watford 
Um, but yeah, it was really encouraging from Sims, and I think he's possibly pushing for a starting berth now. Yeah, I think he probably is. The only problem is, is would you change the team that gets the point at Villa? I mean, that's typical. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see any much of it really at all. So it's hard to know how Aluku played because you're not realistically going to drop Barrow. No. If he's available and fit, you're going to play him straight away. So you're looking at Aluko's position. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's going to come in or I, not. I think Sims has probably got to... Um, Apart from winning a penalty, he's probably going to do something tangible from himself, a cross or an assist or a goal. But he set up the chance for Bulldog, though, just before, though, hadn't he? Yeah, but I think he's got to, you know, really show that definitively to Mm. take a Luco's place. I mean, Mm. I think a lot of us would probably drop a Luco in a heartbeat because he doesn't really contribute as as much as we would want him to, regardless of the fee we paid. Um, But I think Sims is probably going to just, you know, work his way in. more for a kind of squad preservation thing uh, that you know the newbies come in and he's just you know romped right into a, into a position. Um, so I think that they're probably going to play a bit safe on that. But yeah. I was slightly frustrated to hear that. I think this is from Mark Hughes himself, actually, who sat yeah. back to manager that come January they have the option to recall him, Southampton. Mm. Um, and that's catch-22 then for us in that, do we want Sims to make an impact whilst he's still here and play well? And for Southampton to go, oh, well, he's playing well for Reading, let's get him back. Mm. Or do we want him to be a bit part fringe, useful player off the bench, but not really pull up any trees and have him for the whole season? Mm. You know, I'd so. I mean, If he's going to contribute and he gives us points in the bag until January, I'd much prefer that. Yeah, um, I would prefer that, but I can also see with Jacob's point, you kind of maybe want him somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Rather it's than, so, I mean, yeah. realistically, Southampton are probably, I mean, it also depends on their position in the league, but yeah. they're probably going to sign someone above his calibre in that window. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of appeasing I, I, I some of the Southampton fans, that for. comment. Yeah, yeah, it might Slightly. be a bit political, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought if we're taking positives, and I think there were positives to be taken from Villa, Sims was one. Mm. Uh, the character, like you said, and the players have said, is one. Um, the Reading have always been at their best when I've been following them, when we've had a last-minute goal in us. Yeah. Um, and we've been at our worst when we've looked like we want to concede late on. So any hints or grass shoots that show that those days might be coming back, however slowly, is a good thing. So, yeah, one of the other positives I would uh, take from the uh, game was Clement was very decisive in getting rid of players out of the team with McShane, Kelly and Mate. I think yeah. they're all correct decisions. Before the game... None of us, I think, well, I think all of us agreed with it, really. I'm sure there's certain people who have fair favourites, but those players have not been in good form or not good enough at the moment to be starting. Mate's still a young player, so he can improve, and he proved that when he came on as a substitute, he had an impact. But I think Elori has to be playing at the moment. He really does, instead of McShane, because I can't see anything from McShane. I mean, that Blackburn game, he wasn't even in the squad at all, was he, for Villa? So... That's a worry. It was almost him. a bit of cruel justice, really, that um, you know Elori shouldn't have been dropped in the first place. Then McShane has the clangers. Therefore, well, I think Elori had a little knock as well during the week. But um, 
Yeah, so Alori came back in, uh, and he never should have lost his place in the first place, really. Um, and I, even last night, uh, I thought he had he had a you know very decent game. Um, dropped off in the, the second half, though. Yeah, but yeah. everyone else did too. So. Yeah. In that initial back three, <coughs> if we're briefly talking about last night. I mean, whilst O'Shea, I thought, had a nice cameo in the first half, but Alori has been, I think, unarguably over the course of the games we've played our strongest centre-back. Mm. And the strange how things can be spun, really, because once McShane Woods dropped completely out of the squad for the Villa game, um, that was then followed up last night with him not having any programme notes in the programme. And instantly people go, oh, has he fallen out with someone? Like, what's happened? Has there been some sort of big old, you know, tantrum or whatever? But no, I, I think it's just circumstantial, really. Like how I don't think Ilori was ever dropped, dropped. It was a combination of injuries circumstance and whatever else mm. so you know the, I think the bottom line is we, we want a lorry back in and playing um, and you know I, I think we everyone sort of quietly accepts that McShane's best days may be behind him um, yeah sadly I, I think that's uh, right I think um, sadly the body has uh, caught up with him yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the Sky commentator said um, on over the top of the red button on the Blackburn um, broadcast that um, there was one tackle he went in for where it looked like his legs were moving quicker than the rest of his body <laughs> yeah and it was um, it's it's the perfect way of summing it up because I mean you can see that the fire and the intent is still there from McShane but it's just you know age is cruel man age is age is cruel says the tell 20, me about it says the 27 year old tell me about yeah, it but, it's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm off now yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah you got a lot worse to come. <laughs> <laughs> We've suffered this for far, far longer. I've been yeah. reminded of my immortality on the EPR yeah. podcast. That's <laughs> what you need, isn't it? <laughs> Bringing you back down to graph. So uh, after the game, I asked about what you thought of the two, last two away games using EPR three, and it was a mixture. But at that point, everyone was feeling quite kind of borderline hyper. With happy, so it goes slightly crazy. Uh, Nath put happy and sad about the two matches, which is pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt M says papers over cracks, which I can also I can understand that as well. Let's not pretend that everything's rosy. Um, Mr. Shea Guevara put um, (laughs) bulldog has balls, which is good to know. Good. And um, yeah, there's a lot of them like promoted by Christmas from Adam or so. Nice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. Walk in the league as well. But it's, uh, it's good to see a little run. bit of optimism because normally on that it's just absolute complete negativity. Absolutely. I mean, like we've yeah. in the, in the, over the course of one EPR3 session, we've learned that Sam Bulldog is not a eunuch <laughs> yeah. and that the rules are going up. So exactly. <laughs> Thank you, exactly. everyone, for it's your good. contributions. I was, I was worried about that. From the minute he signed, I'm thinking, yeah, great. Like, yeah. a real asset for Brighton when they went up, you know, might be the goal-scoring striker that we want. And he's got balls. So <laughs> he's brilliant. What more he's do you brilliant. want? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what we would have thought if we did get the three points at Blackburn but lost at Villa. Oof. Oh, we're um, a point richer. No, you're right. You're right, and we would have got that win otherwise. No, you're right. You're well, right. It's a tricky one. In that many one. ways, it kind of feeds back into what Paul and I were saying before kickoff on the podcast tonight about um, trajectory. And if we go into the international break with a win this weekend, and I've kind of jumped the gun on. I was talking about Wednesday later on, but it's it's all about the direction you're headed in, yeah. and. 
if we had been on the way down after Villa, as opposed to us being steady and picking up a point in each, each fixture, I think that would have more of an impact, for better or worse, on the next game. So I'm not sure. I mean, you're it right. It's a weird one. Mathematically, isn't it? we're a point. We would be mm. a point better off. But I think a, a steady point no matter how they've been gained on the road from both fixtures over the course of the week is a platform for us to go and get through yeah. against Wednesday. Yeah, anything showing any signs of consistency in a positive way I think has to be grasped because it sound, does sound completely mad to say that we'd rather have two draws than one win. <laughs> but it almost yeah, yeah. is. I mean, that's the it question. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is, I kind of would go with two draws. It's completely... Yeah, it's a weird yeah. quandary. It doesn't really make any sense. All three of us nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you probably <laughs> listening and thinking, you're completely mad, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. And on everything everything else, you're completely and utterly right. <laughs> so, it's, it's like what you said about how that's the first time we have not lost a second game since March is that right yeah or, yeah, yeah. like I'm from March if we've got a point we then followed yes. it up with a loss you yeah. know and, and the fact that we've now kind of shaken off that monkey off our yeah. back um, I, I don't know you've got to take the positives where they are so. it is it is completely crazy that, that, those two games were um, uh, we played Bolton it was 1-0 at home and then we got a 2 all draw with Leeds Good knowledge. Straight off yeah. the top of your head, not looking on your laptop. Research. Yeah. Oh, he's not a good person today. He's giving my trade secrets away because, of course, you can probably hear me clicking on the laptop right now. <laughs> so he's giving yourself arthritis. So yeah. I've got no shame. It's no not shame like you know, the radio where they're waiting for the text machine to wake yeah. up. Or, we like, should get Rita in. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> or you're like uh, Richard Osman off Pointless. You know, I like, wish I had his point. money. Well, I really yeah. do. Well, and his height. He's like mm. six foot seven, eight. I don't think I want to be six foot seven. He would do a job up front for us, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, but how tall Get him up front with Walker's McNulty or something. Walker's a bean pal. Walker's huge. He might as well move on to Watford now. Yeah, he was one of the positives. I thought from last night. He's it's because people were talking about him being competition for Manone, and I was thinking, oh, is he? Isn't he? Um, but yeah, I th- I, he made a tremendous save in the second half. Didn't he, he did. That yeah, was a really good save. Got really, really low. Low. yeah. <coughs> that was, and he didn't. Oh, I don't think he could do anything with the two goals, really. Um, especially the second one. That was unsavable. Oh, you can't save that shot. Oh, me. class. Well, that class. is. That's the difference between a Premier League, okay, squad player, whatever it is, and us in the Championship consistently for three out of four seasons. Bottom six. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was his debut as well. Yeah, but that was a hell of a strike. But what Watford, they just—if they wanted to turn it on, they could in the final third. Well, that was the—that was the anvil hanging over our heads all game. Is the fact that if they wanted to bring on one of their first team players, any of them, and who was on the bench? I think um, Gray Takure was on the bench. On, yeah, Takure. They left out the likes of Pereira. Who has been goodness. tearing up in my fancy Premier League team this season? And uh, yeah, but anyone like Deeney or yeah. you know Holabas in defence, any of those names, you know, it would have been a forlorn conclusion. So yes. the fact that you know um, Queen, what was his name, Keener? Keener, yeah, yeah, he had an, a tremendous game in the first mm. half, even because I missed his goal. Mm. I was on a manhunt in the at the beginning of the second half for my friend who's not a Reading fan. And I thought had died somewhere in the bowels of the Medeski Stadium because I'd lost him. Um, but 
by the time I found him, there was this tremendous noise overhead from the Watford following support. And judging by the volume of the cheer, I was like, that must have been a hell of a goal. Mm. It was. I saw it on the replay and it's cracking, isn't it? I saw some people saying, oh, maybe it should have been closed down. And I just think, oh, come on. Come on. Leave it out. Just kind of, that is, sometimes you just have to accept it and say, that's too good. Yeah. And if you're going to concede a goal and it's like that, yeah. yeah. I'd much rather a goal concede a goal like that than a scramble and you think oh I should have cleared it three or four yeah. times yeah. I mean during the match I mean we made eight changes going into it and um, you could see that straight away that we looked like a team that hadn't played together we we looked kind of we started okay we had a chance from McNulty which he actually a good cross from uh, Gunter good first touch from McNulty but he just snatched it completely yeah and you can tell that's because he's so desperate for that first goal sure um, but you know the, the other component of that chance like you say is Gunter and Gunter he's been the, a bit of a forgotten man this season through injury a rare injury um, it's raised question marks about where he slots back in now because Clement's clearly a huge fan he said something in his post-match conference about how he's a model professional and he did brilliantly over 90 minutes and I wouldn't say he did brilliantly over 90 minutes no I wouldn't um, say that it also no. contradicts what he said about how no one's really earned the starting berth after last mm. night but either way Clement wants to play him apparently but it's where he plays does he Does he go back to right back does he fill in at left back you know I think that was one of the disappointments for me other than the overall performance is that when Yeardon came on he went to left back rather than mm. shifting Gunter to, to left side where he has played last season yeah. put Yeardon where he's best mm. So we had one player that's readjusting to, to fitness and mm. another player that was only ever going to come in on his right foot. Uh, whereas Gunter can use his left foot, uh, albeit debatable quality. Um, so if that is a bit of a hallmark of what's to come, I think it, that is going to piss a lot of fans off. Definitely, where he's going to say, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I've got two think... adept players, but playing on the sides that they shouldn't play on. Yeah, I really don't want. I mean,. Chris Gunter is someone who really splits the fans, doesn't he? I think you're either completely in love with him or you can't kind of stand him at all. I'm kind of one of the ones that are in between. I'm bibbling, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not a hater a or a lover. It's like having like O negative blood, isn't it? Being ambivalent towards Chris Gunter. The best, Gunter, best but, blood, mate. The best uh, blood. The best blood. <laughs> the best blood in the game. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing with Gunter is that we saw it last night Whereas Yeardim is a constant kind of annoyance down the right. Gunter is like a bit tidier, but maybe not as influential. And I'd rather have like a bit of risk or a bit of threat rather than yeah. like a more pedestrian element with Gunter. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't think Yeardim or Blackett have done enough to be dropped. No. I, don't, I think we yeah. missed Blackett last night. Yeah, I yeah, really definitely. Did. Because I looked at... That, and I thought the performance from Omar Richards, who started last night, and I don't want to be too critical of a young player, but I don't think Tyler Blackett's going to be worrying about his position at the moment. I would say Omar Richards, now Gunter's fit, is down to Omar Richards, I have fourth choice for a fullback because he just isn't offering anything in the opposition half at all. He gets caught out quite easily. Yeah. Mm. He gets outpowered. His positioning wasn't great last night. He's also hadn't played for a while, so I would put that in there. So that's a kind of slight uh, dispensation but 
Yeah. Uh, I think he needs a loan. If he could get a loan tomorrow. And a good loan. Yes. Yeah. He needs a loan to probably a League One team. Yeah, mm. I, th- I think he, he needs mm. the, the confidence to take take on the, the fullback that he's up against and pass him rather than turn and look inside. Because then, as we've seen with our game completely, you can extrapolate it out. We play far too narrow and we yeah. don't get, you know, testing the opposition fullbacks mm. to get crosses in. And then if you've got a player like that that doesn't want to take a man on or just wants to pass it back inside, it's like, well, why bother? Why do, why do that? Mm. And it seems to be a little bit ingrained in him that he has to keep, you know, make sure we keep possession when he's got the ball. So he's not being daring. He's not taking the risks, as, as Jacob says. And if he's not doing it, then the rest of the team think they're not to do it. So no risks are taken. No, no. I did think it was particularly harsh of Liam Rosinia to blame Omar Richards for the goal that we conceded in oh, Villa Park. Liam. When he wasn't even yeah. on the pitch. Which no. <laughs> was quite yeah. incredible. Yeah, not even good. in the squad. He just That's think, a well-informed wow. media there, you know. <laughs> Whereas, you know, we've got Paul on his laptop like, actually bringing the facts. Liam's, you know, yeah. talking about um, whatever. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say facts. <laughs> no, facts. It's like yeah. Sir Dodger Royal, isn't it? Yeah. Facts. Whoa, Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. I wish to revise that statement to Rafa Benitez talking about wow. facts. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, Sir Dodger. Um, all, this, <laughs> all this talk about um, Omar Richards, an academy graduate, having a bit of a torrid time last night sort of nicely segues into another one of our academy graduates oh who, don't do it don't do it oh, he's just been annoying me Neil he's been annoying me and I've he's got to get out everyone Liam Kelly mm. I mean he's one of our own fine he is I mean he he has come through our academy but I was saying to Paul earlier and repeatedly at weird times of the night for weeks that if he was playing like this in any team be it the under 21s which came through or the under 18s he'd be dropped because at the moment he's bang out of form like the rest of our midfield but whereas the rest of our midfield is sort of bang out of form but nothing's coming off for them he's bang out of form and he's still thinking he's the absolute bee's knees and it's really annoying yeah he just his flicks and stuff that he's doing it just it just annoys yeah, it just winds me up. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it really does. I mean, I don't mind it when a player's playing well and you can give them a few flicks and all that. It doesn't come off because that's just them kind of showing off. I can do this. And yeah. sometimes it will work. That's fine. I remember when Swift was doing that, when he was playing really well. Mm-hmm. And you think, OK, yeah, that's fine. You want to do that. It makes you feel good. That's fine. Yeah. We get something out in the next five minutes. But with him at the moment, he just he can't pass. He's just getting completely dominated last mm-hmm. night by Shalabar. Completely. Uh, I, yeah. I think we did have a, an exceptional case in in Chalba last night. It was for me that that matter. But he hasn't played for he's, months, though, has he? No, he hasn't. And, and I think that's one of the, the shining lights of the whole thing. He's a basically still an unfit player, mm. but he looked unrecognisable from the player that we had when mm. he he was on loan with us. Um, he, he was doing very sort of similar things, but he seemed mm. bigger and stronger. Yeah. And he just bullied Bakuna and Kelly all night. Even when he was here under us, he looked fine. He, he was sort of slotted into the fabric of the place, but never looked Ooh. like a complete division above. Right? No. But last night, like you say, you think, wow. And he was kind of a, on a microcosmic level, a, an example of how Watford have progressed. Mm. Yeah. And we just haven't because yeah. Watford not that long ago were a championship team and they have invested well, they've you know, 
gone up in the world, whereas we have stagnated or worse. Um, and, you know, I feel like Kelly's kind of at a bit of a stagnant phase as well in his development. Mm. And same with Swift. Um, yeah. No, I think both of them last night had horrible games. I mean, it was strange that Swift was the only player wearing long sleeve shirts. I mean, that's just a real weird thing. <laughs> in but you in just think, August? Was yeah, that you August, just think, what was that? And it just yeah. makes you think, was he ill or something? I don't know. <laughs> but his performance was really not good. No, it was no, really, no. really poor. Maybe he had something to cover up, like a massive like stand out tattoo or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> like this big old, like, <laughs> you know, like effigy of Stan on his arm with a big red cross through it or something. Yeah. Could be. Uh, it could yeah. be that. I mean, you know, like, that's just speculation. Get in touch if you know more, yeah. And please don't sue really, me, John Swift's lawyers. really odd. I don't know what, what was happening there, but his performance was not good at all. Both midfielders did nothing to get them into the team on Saturday. That doesn't mean they won't start, but I, from uh, Clement's comments after the match, I'd be very surprised if they start. I mean, Swift couldn't pass the ball in any form. He had one shot on target with a yeah, free, free kick, kick, but it was yeah. really just getting Gomez involved, wasn't it? it yeah, was kind I mean, of the like free kick something. was some, from so far out. You kind of think, well, but the fact he was shooting from that far out... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a desperation thing, isn't it? I mean, even if you do score a free kick like he did score in the first round, it's it's just shown that his confidence is, is that low that it's not really spurred him on to anything. Yeah. He didn't show anything last night that you think, yeah, you, you, you're getting back to the old John Swift. There, mm. there was nothing there at all. And for it to be hauled off at half-time in a pretty meaningless League Cup tie... Um, shows how bad that performance was from him, sadly. I think you're the same as me, Neil, in that for me the, our biggest problem and I know we have many problems and they all kind of add up to one bigger overall problem but if I were to identify one aspect of our team that I like the least it's our midfield because yeah. it's just Without it's just wafer thin and just it, Clement said since he got here that he wants competition for places and he wants strength and depth and he, if someone's out of form he wants to be able to replace them and for it to not have an effect on the quality of the team but we don't have that with the midfield at the moment. Like all of our midfields out of form. There's no one that can come in on the weekend and improve us. And we saw that last night. I, I was watching the game with um, some. I'll, I'll whisper it, but Arsenal supporting fans. I know the old enemy. Yeah, I can't stand them. I'm from that generation of um, kids that grew up being Arsenal fans because of the Invincibles and it really annoys me <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but they were there they hadn't seen a Reading game either ever or for a long time Yeah, like God, seen, God, what were you thinking I know of? I know so well, they thought they were coming to see like high-flying Watford like batterers mm. which I guess they were but it wasn't much of a batter and it was more of a you know like a sacrificial offering um, it's like I said before we started it was Watford were beating up kittens. Yeah, they just sort of consciously <laughs> stopped at one point, didn't they? Because they thought it was yeah, a bit yeah. too easy. We're winning on but, points here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they made the comment to me in the second half. They said, is it always like this? Are your midfield usually that like... Yeah. Or just, I think what shocked them the most actually last night was... I mean, it doesn't shock me anymore because I'm used to us losing, but they were shocked at just our lack of intent. We were 2-0 two nil, two nil down in the 80th minute. And someone like Kelly will attempt like this flick and send it straight out for a throw. And they just turned to me and said, Jacob, what are they doing? <laughs> Jacob, yeah. are they okay? Yeah. And it's just the climate. They're so used to kind of... I, I think this is a whole thing. I think you're totally right. The mm. whole club is just sunk into this malaise of we're going to be in the championship regardless. Uh, there's, there's this magic barrier and it's going to keep yeah. us up. We're not going to go down. That's how it works. 
there's been multiple statements from players saying that they don't believe for a second that we're going to go down. Oh, from last season, relating to not this one. But oh, wow, I mean, what they think really, and what they say in the press could be extreme. It could be worlds apart. Mm. So we don't know that. But mm. you do think if you actually came out and said, "Yeah, it is a concern. And we're going to do something about it." You get rid of that, of course. It can always backfire on you, but it's much better than saying, oh, yeah, I think we're going to be okay. I'm never worried about it. Yeah. And that just comes over as arrogant, complacent, and it just pisses off the fans, basically, doesn't it? I think, I think Clement does a, a, a pretty reasonable job of um, coming on, on the radio and highlighting where he thinks we've been bad, and, and he will say so. But he, he must be very, very frustrated that he he can't pick any kind of midfield that he thinks this is this is my number one midfield. This yeah. is a midfield that works. This is something that's a platform because any combination that we play and it's the same as last season. There's nothing in there that that makes us look like a stronger midfield than mm. any opposition that we face. Even Frank Lampard's derby. Even though they had new players in their position, they looked like they've been playing there for years. Yeah. And our guys are like, where, where, where are you? Where, where are you yeah. going to be? They don't know. And until we sort that out and we get that stability, I just don't think that we're, we're going to you know, really yeah. propel on. It doesn't matter who's up front and you know there to score yeah. goals. If you can't create and you can't push players out of position defensively, you're stuffed. Okay, we've got mailers to shore things up, but that's not necessarily the problem. It's... It's a whole flow of midfield, yeah. and there's just nothing as you saw last night. It's, no, there's no, there's up. no replacement. Yeah, yeah. There's, the movement's just poor. It, yeah, it's beyond that. It's shit. <laughs> it, it, it is shit. It is. Shit. It, is. it really is. Yeah. It's just abysmal. It's. I mean, I, I don't want to get too downbeat about that game last night because it was um, two reserves teams playing each other, one against one a championship rubbish team, which is us. And one of them Premier League team. Doubt, <laughs> I just just feel like I can emphasize that. <laughs> and uh, one Premier League team who's actually on a really good run and yeah, they've won all three of their first games. It wasn't one of their players was it a success when you bought him yeah. for twelve million. Twelve million, million yeah. Success. Success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you think yeah. that's an amazing name. Yeah, yeah. I really wish I had that. I guy. met I met a Watford fan in the pub before the game, um, and I said to him. Um, you're going to batter us tonight, and he said, "Oh, we're making we're making changes." And I go, "Oh, really?" And he goes, "Yeah, we're playing Isaac Success up front." I said, "I'll bet he'll score." And uh, <laughs> I wish I put money on it. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing, I mean, no, John O'Shea didn't cover himself in glory in that moment. No, but I don't know. At the moment, who would you play, John O'Shea or Paul McShane? I think O'Shea is a genuine option. I yeah, know when he, I think he is. I know when he signed, there was a mixture of bafflement, confusion, bemusement, and like we kind of given him a bit of a retirement home. Um, but I think he's a genuine option at the moment. I would play him over McShane. I know that sounds like really. Mm. I, I could not imagine myself saying that. No. Like um, even a month ago. But I would, on the record, at this moment in time, play John O'Shea over Paul McShane. Yeah, yeah, I don't think okay. he did anything terrible last either. night. I think he was no. okay. He looked more yeah. savvy than Paul McShane. He looked yes. more aware of what was going yeah. on. He had more time, um, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think McShane looks like, I have to get the ball and I have to get it any which way. Whereas John's like, well, I'm just going to move into space over this way. And 
you know, get get the ball coming to me rather than. Well, John O'Shea is just coming from such. I mean, he's obviously you know degraded now. <laughs> so, Eroded. <laughs> yeah, his high point is so much higher than Paul McShane's anyway. Yeah. And I think what's happened is um, John O'Shea's realised his legs are gone. Paul McShane still isn't quite convinced that's happened to him, and it has. Mm. And I think one of them's adapted their game yeah, slightly. John was giving himself the yeah. space. And yeah, he knows he's that he's not going to chase down players because he, he can't do that mm. now. So mm. give himself. What, what Watford didn't do, which again could be one of those you know, attributes to, to the gears that they had that they didn't use, is that they didn't really outpace us too much in defence. Mm. Um, whether that wasn't really the plan to go over the top too much, I don't know. But at no point did you think any of the three central defenders were struggling in that regard. It was midfield where we lost it. Because um, they were just passing ring round us, um, but you didn't think, oh yeah, O'Shea is going to be found out for pace. It, mm, it didn't no. really materialise. No, it didn't. I mean, that could be slightly different in the championship match. I don't know, but it was. I mean, last night it was kind of half pace, though, wasn't it? Really, from both teams. Yeah, I, I think to to build on that, I guess the question I want to pose you guys is: Do you think we made a mistake in setting up the five defenders? Yes. Because yeah. I mean, I know it's a cup game against Premier League opposition but we were at home and from the first minute we were playing with five at the back and then only when we were chasing the game did we change it to four at the back and I, I just thought it was a bit defeatist from the off this brings me on to a little segue about Paul Clement oh. I was going to talk about him so that's uh, nicely done Jacob no worries because uh, he's obviously not had a good start you know 11 games and we've got 10 points or is it no it's 13 games and he's got 10 points and I put up a tweet uh, I don't know an hour ago or something saying that in the last 18 games for Yapstam he got 10 points and Clements had 13 games and he's got 10 points both records are abysmal really aren't they but you kind of think Paul Clement I see some things which I think I can see where you're going I get that and in the league games I think he's trying to make the best of what he's got mm. but last night some of the tactical decisions I found really weird yeah, yeah I think five what and a three. I found baffling with the, the five as Jacob said is that because we made so many tactical changes in terms of the, the personnel why change a system when the players that are playing that system aren't going to play at the weekend no. so you 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 test the system yeah, yeah you, you're creating a system so you can play play players that haven't had that many minutes maybe yeah. but it wasn't certainly conducive to any better play or making this more offensively great mm. I think we maybe try to go a bit more like for like with Watford but why do that I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily understand yeah but. I think you're spot on for saying that it feeds into what you were saying earlier Neil about um, how when Gunter came on he played at right back instead of left back yeah. um, it's just these small tactical annoyances I mean I know he's the manager and I know he's got a footballing background and I don't and he's paid money to do what he does and I'm not Paul so you know sort that out please, I'm glad please. you clarified <laughs> that <right. laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, isn't, this is a free to the masses podcast and voluntary um, yeah. but Paul Clement's job isn't voluntary um, and he's clearly a professional and I'm not but it's just stuff that from an onlooker a naive onlooker like me annoys me and I mean Yap Stam wasn't a tactical genius no but no. I don't think Paul Clement is either no nor do I No, I no, think I he's think scrabbling though isn't he Paul um, he's, he's got a ragtag bunch of professionals and he's trying to mould them into something that functions and rightly or wrongly he's trying everything within his power to make us look something cohesive 
And I, I don't think last night was really the best thing to try three at the back because it just didn't seem to flow very well. And then when Swift got taken off for Sims, we went for two in the middle where already we were being swamped in midfield. So I don't know how we managed to only scrape away with a 2-0 loss. I think it's because Watford stopped. I think yeah, something. could have done, yeah. but they, they could have really rinsed us if they wanted. They could have, but they didn't need to, did they? Then, but no. as part of that as well, you have players changing positions mid-game, which doesn't really give them any sort of consistency. Like, Mate started up front, he dropped mm. into the wing, yeah. and then... Does he know what position he's going to be playing week on week? I, but I'm not sure what position is best for him as well. Right, just I'm not watching. sure Clement knows. Yeah. That just another no. one of those little experiments, isn't it? Yeah. He's just trying to find where things seem to flow I, best. I just don't want Mate to turn into one of those like Blackman or Robson Carney esque players where. Heaven for thanks! Yeah, sorry! Uh, to, to mention Mate and Robson Carney in the same oh. sentence. Oh, dear. Just, get uh, out. I'm just, sorry. just get out. That is that's, so, that's, that's, get either, out. <laughs> that's either my second or third strike tonight. But I don't want him to be one of those players that just floats amongst positions because he has to. I want yeah. him eventually to nail down a position of his own. But last night when you had like Yeardham swapping flanks, Mato dropping from striker to left mid, and we're already chasing the game and we're changing shape, we're changing players. And it's like, well, you know, I, I guess he's trying to enact some sort of positive change and impact. But I just hope this isn't a, a start of a little bit of desperation because I remember when he first came in, one of his first little digs was, I don't put square pegs. <laughs> which is one of the things that was our little mantra last year yeah. and that happened you know ad infinitum didn't it yeah now what i hope is, is he's not in that mode already we're thinking i'm so desperate to find out yeah. what works i'll try the obscure yeah I'll try the things that, into a season yeah, yeah. i yeah. hope it's it is more experimentation because he could experiment in this game it wasn't a winnable game it was a free hit but it was just a little bit worrying that he's not just trying to fit a template for the players and say, mm. we'll keep working on this, we'll keep working on this. I think I personally, I'll gauge a lot um, about Paul Clement, about the team he picks on Saturday. Because yeah. if I see players like Gunter coming straight back in, well, I don't think they really should be, or Kelly coming back into the team, or even Swift, I think they don't really deserve to be in the team at the moment. Out of all of them, I'd say Gunter is the one who will get in back in at some point. <laughs> but... You just think, please, just kind of. You need to stick with the team that played at Villa Park because it's, they've done something. It would be a really politically seismic move, I think, it, amongst the players as well as the fans, if Gunter came straight back into his preferred position at oh, right back, yeah. um, because immediately then the fans will turn on Clement and say, "Well, Yeadham has been our, one of our brightest spots in defence this season." Mm, absolutely, he's um, not perfect, but then what yeah. do we expect? And it's and it's right. the fact that you're losing out on Yeadham, and but at the at his expense when Gunter has not pulled up trees for a while now. Mm. Uh, and Gunter's such a divisive figure anyway, you know, whatever you do with him is going to cause some sort of ripples. Mm. But I just really hope, like you say, he, he has to kind of play his way back in. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is not a start of any kind of agenda about Clement because basically I think he's dealing with a horrendous bunch of the players. Pro- the the problems we've got go far beyond him. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And the problem is you can't sack the people in control of everything. <laughs> as much as we'd want. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that in the office. You can't sack all the players because, you know, not all of them are abysmal, but quite a lot of them really 
Oh. Are some of the worst I've seen playing in the championship for Reading. Yeah. It just not just their ability, not just their lack of ability, it's their lack of heart. But yeah, you know, it seems to turn up when when we really, really need it rather than as done. standard. Yeah. And yeah. when you see other teams coming along, you see they just play for each other wholeheartedly. We don't seem to have that. But collectively, when you, you you hear the players speaking, and they all seem to say that it's the best atmosphere they've ever been in, and paraphrases like that. Isn't that like, a standard phrase? Shown, though, Every it? single it's professional footballer, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Part, really. part of their song, but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like when they sign for club. It's great to sign for this uh, such a big club, you know, Cheltenham Town. You just, <laughs> you just mind, can't help but say it. Can't mind they? you, we say that. I thought it was refreshing this week how um, there was a player that signed for. Blackburn from Forest, uh, Ben Brereton, Brereton yeah. um, for quite a lot of money, or will be a lot of money in January. And I, th- I think it's been a long and drawn out transfer as well. And usually a player will sign, he'll do a tweet thanking his old club and then do a separate tweet thanking his new club and saying, can't wait to get going. And Brereton gave no reference, no reference at all to Forest or the fans or the club. And instead, in one tweet, he said, oh, great, you know, I'm at Blackburn now. Big thanks to my agent. And he tweeted his agent. <laughs> that is ruthless. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if ruthless. only, if only any of the Reading players have that level of candor. Because I think the fan base would just erupt. <laughs> it would be blood on blood on the streets. Oh, yeah. do you know, I, well, I hope someone does it. <laughs> so, like, oh, it was, yeah, that would be the uh, meltdown of all meltdowns. Yeah. Maybe Liam Kelly will do it when yeah. he signs for Walsall. Yeah. I think there's a few of the players that we've got at the club currently that would, could have tweeted that. I'm ready for mm. the meltdown. I'm ready for the meltdown. My body <laughs> yeah. is ready for the meltdown. <laughs> I've sat there with popcorn. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. That's a big game, yeah. as we've already covered, probably. Um, they are 14th. They've won their, won their last two matches. They beat Millwall and they beat Ipswich. They lost during the week to Wolves 2-0. Uh, made, changed their complete team, Sheffield Wednesday. So I don't think we can read anything into that. And also Wolves were great last season in the Championship. So that's not a, no plus points for us. I think, yeah, as I've said repeatedly, we should need to go back to the team that we played against Aston Villa. We need to forget the League Cup match because that was just a... I don't know what it was. It just wasn't great. What do you think we get from that game? Do you think it'll be... It's, it is vital, isn't it? Because it's the international break after it. Yeah. Um, psychologically, if we go in with three points in the bag, then there's a huge lift there. The training for the for, for players that are are not on international duty which is obviously many of them will be a lot buoyed they've got plenty of time to work um, with Clement and the coaching staff with a much better mood um, but if we don't we'll still be in the bottom two one. yeah uh, yeah we could be it could be a horrific horrific two weeks when you just want to get out on the pitch and rectify it mm. so so it, it's more than three points in a in a weird way um, so yeah we, we, we simply have to come out of the blocks quickly in this one it's, I've, I mean it's not a must win but it feels like if we don't win the alternative world is not fun yeah no. <laughs> yeah. when you've got two yeah. weeks without a game to rectify yeah. it it draws um, no good that is that, that can stagnate really. for a bit mm. we need to get something at home our home form is absolutely just so bad I don't even want to look at it it's just no it's horrible 
What do you think, Jacob? It's, it goes back to what... I, I'm not going to start record this week, folks. I'm sorry. It goes back to what I was saying about trajectory in that we we need, as Neil has said, to go into the international break with three points. Because if we don't, this first international break of the season is like the first bookmark or checkpoint, if you like. And if we go in and our first slew of results have not included a win at all, then we will look back in weeks, months to come and say the damage was done then, mm. right? Whereas if we can shake the monkey off our shoulder and get three points, take us off the foot of the table, get our first win um, and go into the... And if, if Clement goes into the break with positive spirits in the camp, that makes them easier to work with. Um, yeah. And also the fan base will be so it will be like this echo chamber of negativity for the entire time that the international yeah. break is is going on so I think for the good of the fans for the good of the manager and for the good of the team both on paper and on the pitch uh, we need to win And but we've said we need to win most games before now uh, I think we were saying this about Blackburn we were saying this about whoever we played at home before Blackburn we lost to Bolton Yes. 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 So um, yeah, we we need to get something, and I, f- I feel like now the timing is right for it. We've had two good away draws, no matter the circumstance, um, and it's a platform now to go and get our first win. So yeah, it, it's all hinging on the team that Clement picks, I think. Yeah, and it's also the start of a few games, a full game run when we have Sheffield Wednesday, then Preston, and then Norwich, and then Hull. Um, those are the kind of games we're going to have to get a few wins from. I'm not saying we're going to win them all because we're not going to win them all. But if you pick up, say, so that's 12 points possible. If you pick up seven to eight, that's very good if we do that in with the team that we've got. I'll you've be got happy to be realistic. with win-loss, win-loss, really, out of yeah. that. And take, take six. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you say we get three against Sheffield Wednesday, that's, that's nine. What are we on there? Two? Yes. Two points, 11. No, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. No. I mean, it's, it's very easy to say from, from this point, but yeah. wins can lead to further wins very quickly in this division. Yeah. Um, as Jacob says, it, it's it's vital that we do it. and we, We've got to come out fighting from the off and, and not think about losing. It's a big game for Chef Wednesday fans too because yeah, yeah. they've had their share of revolving doors moments like we have over the last few years because wasn't long ago that Chef Wednesday and us were in the playoffs yeah, yeah. two years ago yeah. and now they've got this situation where their rivals Chef United are at the other end of the table ahead of them and look more likely to push on and get playoffs again so they'll be looking at Reading away on paper and thinking three points but yeah. we are also looking at Wednesday and think well we need three points so it should be a good game it should be a good game it should be <laughs> football will be the real winner folks <laughs> I will take an incredibly ugly horrible horrific game as long as you win <laughs> I don't care how ugly it is amen, amen. totally so thanks a lot for uh, listening and uh, I'll be doing periscopes and I don't know videos of me and Chris I don't know what I'll be doing <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> over the weekend and uh, thanks for listening cheers <laughs>